What's up, everybody? This is Q. Hey, what's up, guys? This is George. And you already know who it is. It's D. And welcome to the Pickup Show. So today we're going to start our preseason power rankings for the 2018-19 season. Uh, we're going to start with the bottom five. So coming in at dead last, we have the Atlanta Hawks. We're going to go over the additions to the team, losses, expiring contracts, projected starting five, the rotation and bench, and then we're going to give an outlook for the season. Uh, so let's look at the additions. Uh, in the offseason, they added <coughs> excuse me. Lloyd Pierce as a head coach, uh, formerly assistant of the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, in the draft, they got Trey Young via trade at the number five pick, Kevin Herter at 19, Omari Spellman at 30. Uh, this offseason, they lost Dennis Schroeder. They traded him to the Thunder. Mike Mascala was part of that trade as well. He went to Philly. Uh, Damian Lee and Luke Babbitt. And then expiring contracts-wise, they're 25th in payroll this year. Uh, next year, Carmelo Anthony's contract will come off their books at $25.5 million. Greatest, Jer- <laughs> Greatest Atlanta Hawk of all time. That's right. Jeremy Lin at $12.5 million. Dwayne Dedman, 6.6. Alex Len, 4.3. Also free agents, uh, Justin Anderson, Tyler Dorsey. And then they have Richard Jefferson and Jamal Crawford's contracts uh, coming off the books as well. Projected starting five. We got... Right now, Trey Young at the point, Kent Bazemore at the two, Torian Prince at the three, John Collins at the four, Dwayne Dedman at the five, and part of the rotation bench, we got Kevin Herter, Omari Spellman, John J. Brembry, Justin Anderson, Tyler Dorsey, Alex Len, Miles Plumley, and Vince Carter. So uh, having said all that, what do you guys think about this roster and team? Danny, would you like to start off? Oh, okay. The courtesy. I was going to have you go because I was going to use your quote. But um, this definitely looks like the Walmart uh, Golden State Warriors, ah. and that was definitely something George said. So I'm gonna give George all that credit on the NBA draft. Much they, appreciated. So they got they got their their Steph Curry and Trey Young. They got their quote unquote Clay Thompson and Kevin Herter, and they got their Draymond Green and Amari Spellman. And um, to be honest, I'm I'm interested to see Trey Young. And um, I'm interested to see like a lot of these wings because they have Justin Anderson now, Torian Prince, and people forget about DeAndre Bembry, who was hurt a lot of the time last season. So to me, it's just an interesting. I'm not expecting any wins at all, but it's it's going to be an interesting year. It could be exciting. It could be terrible at the same time. What about you, George? I think this is clearly a team that's uh, still rebuilding. Obviously, they're in a rebuilding phase. Um, I agree with what you say as far as them being the Walmart Warriors or like the discount Warriors. I just want to go ahead and add one more comparison in there too. <laughs> Can we argue that John Collins is a, is a, a lighter version of Jordan Bell maybe? Oh, or a little bit of a heavier version. <laughs> um, so yeah, everything about this, uh, this team's makeup is Warriors, but it's not necessarily a good thing because they're getting discount players. Um, I just think there's, there's a lot of young talent here but it's going to take time and, it, and you're not going to see any I don't see anything special coming out of this team this year but not to say it won't happen well I believe their GM did work for the Warriors before he got hired so that, that yeah that uh, name definitely makes sense when you see the, the strategy they employed and stuff um, obviously they're rebuilding I mean they're willing to take on Carmelo's contract um, you know just to kind of get Schroeder out of there and give Trey Young control of the team. Uh, they have a lot of good young players, but you look at the rotation of bench, there's not really anybody with a lot of experience outside of Vince Carter, who is 
probably his last year this year. He probably has more experience than everybody combined. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. I think in the starting lineup, I since I said Deadman, he's the one that's got the most experience in there. And I mean, everybody else, uh, three of the five guys have only been in the league for about two, three years at most. So they're definitely going to struggle this year. Uh, what do you guys think is their biggest weakness? Um, go ahead, George. Uh, I think the biggest weakness with this team is just their youth and inexperience. I mean, there's, there's talent to, to, to build upon here, but, again, the youth and the inexperience. And, and you know, a lot of the times these rookies come in with a lot of hype, and sometimes that hype is, uh, is detrimental to their potential. And, uh, you know, I feel Trey Young right now has a lot of hype. He was very hot and cold in the in the summer league. Um, he had games where he was shooting the lights out, and everyone's like, whoa, whoa, see, he's the real deal. And then he had games where... You know, he was shooting horrendously, and I, I don't know what his overall shooting percentage was. Um, I want to say, through some of the first couple of games that I went ahead and just did the math myself, I want to say he was shooting somewhere in the 30%, which isn't exactly uh, great or eye-opening. But I think just their youth and inexperience is going to be their biggest weakness. For me personally, um, I think it's their bigs. I think they have too many bigs that honestly play the five. They have John. I don't think John Collins is a four. I'm going to be straight up and honest. I don't think Amari Spellman's a four in today's game. And you have those two young players, and you add Dwayne Dedman, and you sign Alex Len, and you have Miles Plumlee. Like, to me, it doesn't make sense. Like, they have to trade or cut someone. Because for me personally, I would like to see Torian, play, Torian Prince play at the four position and then have Justin Anderson start at the three or even have Kent Bazemore start at the three. But to me, their big, biggest weakness is a log jam that they have with bigs. All right. Um, uh, I, I'm not going to say... I'm just going to say right now they're just not good enough, to be honest. I mean, they have... I feel like they have talented young players, uh, but just no experience. Um, a lot of them haven't really faced uh, true NBA, I guess, adversity. Um, so I think it's just going to be a learning process this year. Uh, they're going to be... In a, if we if they're not 30th, they're going to be near the bottom of the NBA in general. So um, I think it's just an experimental year. You know, see what what Trey Young can give you. See what these other draft picks can give you. Uh, who you want to keep going forward. Exactly. Um, now, having said that, what do you, any strengths you guys see as sticking out? Uh, you mind if I go ahead, Daniel? Go for him. I think their biggest strength is uh, it's going to sound a bit weird, but their biggest strength is their weakness weaknesses because the fact that they're not going to be doing that well they should be picking fairly high in next year's draft so i feel like that's their biggest strength and next year's draft doesn't seems pretty good seems it seems like it's going to be a pretty good draft definitely top heavy definitely top heavy for me um sorry are you you done george oh yeah yeah yeah, sorry boss just want to make sure you got it but for me um actually their biggest strength is their new coach and their new general manager you just said uh, um their management team like some of them came from the warriors which isn't bad at all. And their coach, Lloyd Pierce, just came from Philadelphia. I saw a little bit of like his practice, and I actually really like what he brings. He brings that youth, that energy. He's the type of person that will give confidence to the young dudes. And I feel like Trey Young, especially with Trey Young, he needs that. He needs someone to be like, hey, don't worry, man. I, like, I have full faith in you. You have the ball. I got you here for a reason. Do something. And I feel like that's just music to kids' ears, especially coming into the league. So I think that's a big strength. I want to rebuttal that real quick, but we also got to look at the outside influences. Sometimes the media pressure. I know he's going to be in Atlanta, which isn't exactly a huge market, but sometimes just having a a player who was recognized nationally as much as he was, mm-hmm. if 
the confidence starts to maybe you know fall off a bit it mm-hmm. can definitely be detrimental regardless of how much their coaches push them that's just my opinion on that and uh for me it's a big if i think potentially this team if they all stay together can be a decent shooting team uh trey young had his struggles in the summer league but we saw his range in college uh kevin herter you know is clay thompson like uh omari spellman's a big that can that we saw villanova could step out and hit threes uh, on a historically good shooting team collins never really had to shoot threes in college but uh shot some last year uh at a decent clip i guess for for someone that's never really done that before so even Torian Prince, uh, you know, didn't mm-hmm. shoot much at Baylor, but last year, if you look at his percentages, actually shot decent from the field. So, I feel like at the very least, you know, they'll be an entertaining uh, team from from behind the three point arc. Uh, player to watch, anybody on the team that you guys think uh, is primed for somewhat of a breakout season, or uh, you just want to see what they do, what they can bring to the team, or anybody you think might fall short of those expectations? Oh, most definitely uh, Trey Young. He's the, the guy that they drafted to be the star of this team, so all eyes are going to be on him. You know, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of how he plays, but it don't mean I don't want this kid to go out there and be as successful as he possibly can. Amen. I mean, so uh, all eyes are going to be on him, man. He's going to have his doubters. You know, I'm, I'm one of them, but he's going to have to go out there and prove every single one of them wrong, and, and you know what? That's what he's going to go out there and do. All eyes are going to be on him. Honestly, I'm going to add two guys. um, DeAndre Brembry and Justin Jansen. Uh, DeAndre Brembry, I think this is his second year, correct? Might be his third. He's going into his third full NBA season. Last year, he was hurt. Came out of St. Joseph's as a decent defender. um, Streaky shooter. But I'm really interested to see um, what he does. I was very high on him during his draft. And then also another person is Justin Anderson. Um, also another person I was high on, and he already got traded twice from Dallas and um, now from Philadelphia. You remember how upset I was when he didn't fall to the Lakers yeah. all those years ago? Yeah. But I still think he's a decent defender. I still think he can shoot. I just don't think he's had that opportunity. And I feel like now, <clears throat> especially with Lloyd Pierce, he's going to get that chance. All right. Uh, for me, I like Torian Prince a lot. Um He's fits in the Baylor mold of these really athletic, undersized forwards like tweeners. Yeah. Uh, but last year, he really impressed me with his ball handling and uh, three-point shooting. And uh, just seeing highlights of him, you know, practicing in runs during the summer, uh, I can see him taking another step next year, maybe getting into like the 18 points per game range for this team, especially since they'll definitely need uh, someone that's an established scorer. I feel like he can become that for them at the very least. Um. All right. Over under for this team. Oh, just go ahead, George. I just want to fact check because we want to make sure we get the best possible information here. So DeAndre Bembry will be entering his third year next season. Cool. There you he go. Has two years of experience. All third right. year on the horizon. That right. always confuses me. Sorry. Let's get into this. That always confuses me because sometimes it'll be like, oh, it's their second season, or like this was like their third NBA season, but yet yeah, it's their fourth year. Like, do they count the rookie year as their first year? They should. Right? Okay, uh, because sometimes I'm not if they get hurt. I mean, no, unfortunately, but, they still count it sometimes. Even like, though. let's say I remember Wiggins. It was his rookie year. Then the following year, like, someone said, oh, it's his first year in the league. It's just weird. Yeah, because he's, nah, he's a very They said that wrong. I feel like you so, should yeah. say he's going into his second season after a year. So, you know. No, I agree with yeah. you. Don't discredit that rookie, that. that rookie. No. Nah year right away yeah but sorry let's go back to the over and under so over under uh is by westgate superbook in vegas 
Excuse me. Should we go ahead and let the Fez know that we're going to have a little bit of fun right here? Yes. With this so we're each going to say, so the Atlanta Hawks over under is 23 and a half wins. So uh, whoever picks over saying they're going to surpass that win total, whoever saying under saying they're going to win less than that. Uh, we're going to take a tally and out of George D and I, whoever uh, gets the most incorrect amount. At season's uh, end gonna have to do a dare we'll figure out something we don't have anything for you guys right now but definitely let you know once we come to that conclusion so over under 23 and a half win what do you guys think uh i'm gonna say under just inexperience so just gonna go ahead and put that out there and hopefully it doesn't come back to bite me in the butt you know deep this one's tough because they have shooters man unlike sacramento so you know what i'm gonna be a little ballsy i'm gonna go with over all right. All right. What about you, Q? I can see them going as low as 19, but also barely making it, like with 24. Yeah. But just with the youth and inexperience that they have, uh, I don't know if they can get to 24 wins. So I'm going to go over, uh, under, excuse me. All right. All right. Moving out. Just to be clear, they had 24 wins last season. Just All right. throwing that out there. All right. Yeah. There's not a. Well, I guess there's some roster turnover, but definitely a lot more younger guys yeah, on this no team. Kind of shooter this time, but I'm pretty sure it was one of the main guys. Like, yeah. But they got Jeremy Lin. So let's go to Sacramento. Let's, let's, go, let's, go, let's go out west to the bay. To the bay. We got the Sacramento Kings. So this offseason, they had the number two pick. They took Marvin Bagley the third, uh, signed Yogi Ferrell, Nemanja Bialica, Ben McLemore, making his highly anticipated return. The return. Uh, Deontay Davis, and then they signed Wenyan Gabriel to a two-way contract. I actually really like that. I re- Sorry, I actually really like that one just because he's probably one of the only ones that can shoot. But let's go to losses. Uh, they lost Vince Carter, Garrett Temple, George Hill, Malachi Richardson, and George's Papa Giannis. Let's go ahead and look at their expiring contracts. They lost Zach Randolph, Iman Shumpert. Sorry, they didn't lose them. They're expiring. Zach Randolph, Iman Shepard, Costa Kufos, Ben McLemore, Georgios Papayanis, Deontay Davis, and Frank Mason. All those contracts will be coming off the book at year's end. And then we look at the projected starting five. So we got De'Aaron Fox at the one, Bogdan Bogdanovich at the two, uh, Justin Jackson at the three. Maybe uh, Shumpert might fill in there uh, every now and then. Uh, Marvin Bagley at the four. And Willie Cauley-Stein at the five with a uh, rounding out the rest of the rotation. We got Buddy Hild, Amon Shumpert, Zach Randolph, uh, Nemanja Bialica, Yogi Ferrell, Harry Giles, Frank Mason, Scala Bissier, Ben McLemore, and Costa Kufus. Uh, what do you guys think about this team? <laughs> I know uh, Vlade has gotten a lot of flack this offseason for some of the moves he's made or, or lack thereof. I wanted to transition to speaking about this team when we're talking about Atlanta and uh, Daniel mentioned that they have a lot of bigs. I just wanted to go in and say, uh, speaking of bigs, no, I mean, I don't get what this team is doing. There's so many bigs on this team. Um, I just, I feel like Vladi Divox is maybe building a team full of Vladi Divoxes because they can seriously throw five bigs at you. But the thing is that none of them have really turned the corner. Marvin Bagley didn't exactly look like a revelation in Summer League. Uh, I'm aware he got hurt, right? So, yeah. I mean, you can that can give some weight as to why he didn't show out. But he just, I don't know. I don't know. I just hope that they don't, they don't look back and took the wrong guy at number two. Uh, this is all I'm going to say because I'll get into it later. Um, I just, 
I just hope they have a good reason for not taking Luka Doncic. That's that's what I want to say about this team because honestly, um, Marvin Bagley didn't look that good. I mean, you can. It sounds stereotypical, but you would think uh, someone like Vlade that's from Europe that would probably be higher on European player than players than most would see someone like Doncic and be like I guess an advocate for him yeah. mm-hmm. but uh, definitely didn't seem like that it seemed like they, they knew that Bagley was the guy they wanted like the entire time uh, no matter where they fell within the top five um, what do you guys think is this team's uh, biggest strength and then biggest weakness uh, ooh, I think their biggest strength is clearly their youth and um, these guys have their young players are like their ceiling is very high for some of them and so I feel like as long as they can reach that ceiling, you know, that's going to be their strength, their potential. But I don't see that they have any strength now. Their weaknesses is just their... Not, not yet, not yet. Not, oh, let's not go yet. with strength okay. first. All right, all right. But for me, uh, the big strength, I believe he's probably the best player on this team is Bogdan Bogdanovich. They have him for two more years. And um, he just showed out. And I really like him. I think he's probably their big strength. De'Aaron Fox didn't look the best for me. Um, I didn't see the jump shot really going down. And to me, honestly, the only biggest strength that I see right now is Bogdan. All right. I think for me, um, they oh, have... Oh, and Buddy. Sorry. Buddy. Okay. I think they got a lot of options. You still uh, have Buddy, huh? <laughs> from the one to the three. Um, so they have backup plans at every at every position in case, you know, the guys that they're expecting to lead the franchise don't work out. Um Nobody with, I mean, I guess everybody has a decent ceiling. Uh, decent ceiling. Uh, I think De- De'Aaron Fox has the biggest one. Uh, like Dan, like Daniel said, uh, not really uh, jump shot, you know, maker yet. But uh, you can see every time you see his athleticism, I think it surprises me. Just because uh, even though I've seen him play plenty of times, you don't really think of him as an elite, you know, athlete. But he's definitely quick. Uh, got more hops than people realize. So uh, he's someone I'm excited to see next year. Uh, what about biggest uh, weakness for you guys? I think their biggest weakness is they just got too many bigs, man. I mean, let me just go ahead and, and read some of these off. You know, guys that could either play a four or a five. You know, they got Marvin Bagley. They got, you know what? You didn't butcher it. I probably am. Nemanja Bielitsa. Is that correct? That's good. Close All enough. Right. You know, Deontay Davis. They got Wenyan Gabriel. You know, they got Zach Randolph. We got Costa Kufos. We got Jorius Papayanis. I already mentioned that. Yeah, we're looking at seven bigs in that rotation, and I just feel like there's just too many. Willie Cauley-Stein. So, I mean, that's just... That's just... It just seems like an embarrassment of riches and not a good one. Uh, for me, their biggest weakness, I don't think, is their direction. Like, like George said, they got so many bigs. And honestly, that's why... We'll get into it when we talk about Phoenix, but that's why for me, I would I would have probably spent the number one pick on the person who's going to have the ball the most. And unfortunately, bigs don't have the ball a lot. You look at Carl Anthony Towns doesn't get the ball a lot. Huh. Everyone. That's a perfect example right there. Yeah, so I think that's where teams kind of messed up. But that's what I'm saying. Franchise direction isn't. They're going too big. All right, I'm I'm uh, gonna say what kind of what George said. Uh, I don't think the issue, I guess they, that is the issue. They have way too many bigs, but uh, my bigger issue with them is, you know, before Bagley, they don't really have a big that actually contributes that much. Willie Cauley-Stein, I don't think he's gotten significantly better in uh, his three years in the league. Uh, Scott LeBissier had huge hype coming into high school mm-hmm. and uh, went 
lower in the draft than anticipated. He hasn't been great. Um, you know, but maybe Marvin Bagley can uh, be the revelation here that, that kind of changes things. Uh, just going back on Scout Q, wasn't he like the number one he was, player? Yeah, he was the number one. Ben Simmons? Yo, yep. We forgot to talk about Scout, so my bad. That's nine guys I could play big. Four or five on this team. Nine guys. Yeah, Scalabissier was number one uh, coming out of high school over Ben Simmons yeah. compared to Anthony Davis. Has talent, but uh, just not as developed, I think, as people uh, thought he was coming out of high school. Uh, player to watch for you guys for this Ooh. team. I got two here. De'Aaron Fox, again, uh, which you guys mentioned about his jump shot. Uh, that's something that's going to be highly scrutinized this year. They're going to try to see if he's going to take that that step forward, which a lot of players sometimes do in their second year. And another guy is going to be Marvin Bagley. You know, he didn't show people what they wanted to see in summer league, so he's going to have to show it out during the regular season, which is not going to be any easier. So those two guys are definitely going to be players to watch just to see if this franchise made the right choice in drafting them. And since um, George already said Marvin, I'm not going to say it, but um, what I'm really going to be looking at is the backup point guard. Um, I was really high on Frank Mason. Mm-hmm. I know he had injury; he was injury-prone his rookie year, but I really liked him. Now they got Yogi Ferrell. I mean, they can play together because Yogi Ferrell can play off-ball, and he can guard the two-position. But um, They are both be, undersized. I didn't they, mean to interrupt, no, but they, they are, are both undersized very as understand, well. And th- very undersized, and that's what I was going to say, but... It's just going to be interesting. I just want to know what they're going to do. All right. And for me, uh, I'm going to go with De'Aaron Fox as well. Uh, Thought he had a decent rookie year last year. Uh, Obviously can work on his efficiency and and jump shooting. Um, But I think there's going to be a little more responsibility on him this year just because there wasn't much uh, roster turnover. All the guys are still very young, and he's going to be asked to lead that team. Uh, So I want to see if he takes the next step as a uh, facilitator. Uh, since that's not one of his biggest strengths, uh, his assist totals, want to see if that takes a, a jump up and see if he can become a, a lead defender next year. That's one of his strengths as well. Uh, let's see if he can, uh, you know, maybe try to make a, at least give himself considerations for an all-defense team. Uh, Over-under for this team, 25 and a half wins. What do uh, you guys think about that? On this one. I just I just don't think that they have the pieces to go over that. To me, I don't just like George. I'm gonna go under. They don't have the shooting, and honestly, like, I don't think Bogdan's a two either. I think he's more of a four because I know he's like six eight. But um, I'm I'm going under. Not enough shooting. I'm sorry. Going under. All right. I'm gonna go under as well. Uh, they won 27 last year, so uh, that's actually surprising that to me when you read it. Um, they lost Vince Carter, and to be fair, I think they <coughs> gave up on this player way too soon, and that's uh, Garrett Temple. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna go under as well. Um, I don't know. I guess they improved just because they did get a, a top five pick and uh, added some nice pieces, but I think the West is just way too strong, and they're a team that suffers from that. And they did get some wins against, as you know, the Lakers, which they might not get yeah. this year, or against some other teams that really rebuilt their yep. teams. Yep, no, that's a good point. Yeah. Surely, I know what you need. Got everything you need. All right. Uh, we're going to go back out east uh, to Orlando and look at the Magic. So additions, hired Steve Clifford as the head coach, uh, took Mo Bamba at number six in the draft, also Melvin Frazier Jr. at 35, Justin Jackson out of Maryland at 43, uh, traded for Jerrion Grant and Jarrell Martin, and uh, have to take on Timothy Mozgov's giant contract. 
and losses. They lost Alfred Payton, um, Mario Herzonia, Bismack Biambu, and Mo Dallasan Spates. Let's go ahead and look at their expiring contracts for this year. They got Nikola Vucevic, Terrence Ross, Jerry and Grant, Jarrell Martin, <coughs> Cam Birch. If I butcher your name, I apologize. Nope, that's it. Our awesome Wesley Wundu and Shelvin Mack. And we look at their projected starting five. We got DJ Augustine at the point. Uh, might be splitting time there with Jerry and Grant. Uh, Evan Fournier at the two. Jonathan Simmons at the three. Aaron Gordon at the four. And Nikola Vucevic at the five. Those front court spots might get a lot of minutes uh, from Mo Bamba and Jonathan Isaac, uh, part of the rotation and bench, as well as Jerry and Grant, Terrence Ross, Malvin Frazier Jr., Wesley Awundu, Aaron Aflalo, Justin Jackson, Jarrell Martin, and Ken Birch. Uh, what do you guys think about this team? Uh, I mean, this is just very similar to Atlanta. There's a lot of young talent that has yet to reach their stride. Um, like I said in an earlier podcast, Mo Bamba, he is going to be a generational big. We already, I'm, I'm calling it. Um, hopefully this doesn't come back to bite me in the butt either. But Orlando has a history of drafting solid bigs. Even Nikola Vucevic has been a serviceable big for quite some time now. Um, so, but like I said in an earlier podcast, it's going to be the issue with patience and just waiting for Mo Bamba. The talent's there, but he is a project. So um, it's just a matter of waiting. But I like where this team is going. I know uh, Jonathan Isaac. I kind of wrote him off. He didn't look half bad in summer league, so I'm pretty excited to see the step that he's going to take in his second year as well. Um, I love. Okay, I love the bigs that they got. <clears throat> But unlike Sacramento, these bigs can do different things. Like Jonathan Isaac, we saw him. Mm -hmm. Made the range game look strong. He's going out to the three-point line. And he looked noticeably stronger as well. Exactly. Aaron Gordon, his shot is coming. Mm -hmm. But uh, he he's paid. an athletic specimen and all that. And Mo Bamba, he's basically there to block all the shots. Like three bigs that are similar size, maybe two <coughs> inches off. But they all do different things. Mm -hmm. And... That's something Sacramento could not do. I want to piggyback on what you just said, too, with you saying Mo Bamba, like, he can block shots. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're going to count on him to do that now, mm -hmm. this season. But that jump shot's not looking half bad with some of the videos that he's been posting as of late. You know, it looks it looks fairly smooth. I, just time. What do you time. think of it, Q? It's getting there. It's uh, I don't know if he's ready to shoot that consistently oh, no, in a game not. yet. But, yeah. uh, you know, definitely showing more range and and shooting touch than he did while he was at Texas. Um, I think he's going to get plenty of opportunities, though, to showcase that this year. Uh, for me, you know, I've, I feel like in the draft, I haven't been that disappointed with them the last five years. But the thing is, I think they're taking a lot of guys that aren't finished products yet, a lot of projects. Um, and so that's why they kind of haven't made huge strides um, in the last four years, you know, basically ever since they traded Dwight Howard. Um, and, and for me, looking at this roster, uh, it doesn't seem... I mean, it seems like they're trying to rebuild, but they're not going all in because some of the signings they've made are really good players, but uh, it's guys that are keeping them near the bottom of the standings, but they, I guess they just haven't lucked out on the lottery. But like someone like Jonathan Simmons or Evan Fournier would be really good uh, for a team that's like in the playoff hunt. Um, and I feel like they're, you know, barely keeping this team afloat with those guys on there. Uh, but maybe if they try to go an alternative route and, and tank like the Sixers, uh, maybe they can get like a generational player or something. Um, but what do you guys see moving well, on? Going to that cube, but who would you <coughs> want? Because I feel like, in all honesty, I feel like they have, like I said, Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon, 
and Mo Bamba. Like, I'm looking at the top five picks right now. Like, would RJ Barrett look good with them? Or who would you want them if they were to trade Jonathan Simmons and Evan Fournier? Who would you want them to go after in the draft? I, may I be able to give my two cents here? I think a guard is what they would have to go after. Yeah. Well, that's what I would say. I mean, the point guard position for this team is probably the least exciting out of any NBA roster. Uh, I don't know if any point guards projected that high next year's draft, but I think R.J. Barrett's a safe bet for number one. Uh, if they're able to get him, I think that can change this this okay. franchise. I just uh, want to get your yeah. opinion on that. Uh, let's go to the biggest weakness. What do you guys see as the biggest weakness no, to this George, team? You already gave a little preview of it. What do you mean? Oh their yeah, my bad. Weakness. I'm sorry. Their biggest weakness is the uh, definitely just their their lack of, of guards. They don't have, like you said, they don't have a point guard. Um, I know they had <coughs> Alfred Payton, who I mean he was a serviceable point guard. Uh, he wasn't what they expected him to be. Uh, his jump shot never really came around. But you know what? It's just, that's just definitely their weakness. I feel like you know with their bigs, they're pretty set. And like Daniel said, the, uh, these bigs are versatile. They have skill sets that <coughs> ones in Sacramento don't. But I feel like if they can get a really, really good point guard into this mix, the team would be going and trending in the right direction. I'm going to say that, too. And, um, yeah, you, you just can't have a team with point guards DJ Augustine, who's way over his prime, and Jerry mm-hmm. Grant, who can't shoot, especially on a team with guys who aren't the best shooters yet. Um, definitely, if they can find a guy overseas or maybe on their training camp deal um, who can shoot the ball and penetrate, then that would be a big help. And I wouldn't be surprised if that person would get minutes. But point guard for me. Um, with both of you guys, uh, DJ Augustine had a few decent years in Charlotte, but I think at this point in his career we can safely say uh, he shouldn't be starting for any of these teams. Um, Jerry and Grant, still fairly young, uh, but I don't think he's a starting point guard as well. Um, so, And I think that's a big part of the problem. I guess Aaron Gordon plays kind of point forward, so they do have some playmaking. Uh, but they don't have a true floor general right. to kind of direct guys on this team that don't have a lot of experience with NBA offenses. Um, probably didn't run any complex sets uh, of offense in college, so that's a huge area of need for them. What do you guys think is their biggest strength, though? I just wanted to add, too, what would you guys think? What, what would they have to do to get Boston to maybe let go of Terry Rozier and maybe he goes to Boston, uh, Orlando? If Terry Rozier was to be made available, let me just say this: If just Boston, what was that ridiculous like trade? They they wanted like crazy assets for someone. I, basically, I think they would try to get Orlando to give, give up, up that pick. And if I'm Orlando, I don't do that right. just for Terry which, Rozier unless is, you can get him to sign long term. Which is also why I was hoping they would go out and maybe you know see if Isaiah Thomas would bite. Yeah, no, that was not, someone so I wanted them to kind of look into also. But uh, biggest strength for this team? Oh, it's, it's definitely their their versatile bigs. You know, they're um, like I said, a lot of them are projects. But you know, Aaron Gordon, he took a, a pretty big step uh, last year. Um, there's no reason to believe that that's going to be his peak. You know, he might be able to add a couple extra more skill sets to what he already has. Uh, Jonathan Isaac already showed that that mid range game is trying to come along. And, I mean, it's just a matter of now just being more patient with Mo Bamba and wait for him to start showing what he can do. And I just think that's their biggest strength. It's their uh, their versatility with their bigs. And I'm going to honestly go with the same thing, Versati- uh, versatility with their bigs. 
What about you, uh, not to sound boring, but I'm going to have to agree. Uh, Aaron Gordon's the best player on the team. Uh, but you look at their last two draft picks and Mo Bamba and Jonathan Isaac, you know, both of these guys are far from finished products. Long arms, you know, great defensive potential, uh, both still developing a jump shot. If those guys can get that together, uh, this team's going to be a nightmare for other teams you know, to kind of go up against on the offensive end. So... Uh, just going to be watching that really closely with this team. Uh, what about a player to watch for this team? Oh, it's definitely uh, for me. It's going to be uh, Jonathan Isaac. I want to see that uh, that little mid range shooting touch transition over to the regular season as well. I think Aaron Gordon. People are going to have uh, their eyes on him, but you know you already kind of know what to expect out of him. Whereas Jonathan Isaac, you want to see that step now during the regular season. That's a good one, uh, George. For me, it's actually two guys and. I don't know if they're going to get a lot of playing time, honestly. Um, two young wings that I liked uh, last... He was a rookie last season, Wesley Wundu. Um, just a decent wing for me. I really like his size. I really like him on the defensive end. But I don't know if he'll get a lot of playing time because of Jonathan Simmons, Evan Fournier, and um, Terrence Ross. But another one I like is um, Melvin Frazier third. Um, I was really high on him, and I thought he was a steal. I know he didn't perform quite well in the summer league, but he still has a lot of a lot of skill. All right, I'm gonna go with Jonathan Isaac here as well. Uh, anytime guys get comparisons to Hall of Famers, I'm always skeptical. Uh, but it does intrigue me to watch them play. Uh, I heard a lot of KD comparisons for Jonathan Isaac. Uh, I'll just say this: I forgot to say this during the Atlanta portion of this. Like Trey Young's not Steph Curry, Jonathan Isaac's not Kevin Durant. Uh, there's things that those guys do outside of like shooting or being you know 6'11 and having a handle that makes them players they are. So anytime you see a prospect like that, it's easy to throw those names around, but it's just so much more complex than that. Uh, but having said that, I, I do think Jonathan Isaac has you know some intangibles that can help him. Uh, had a decent summer league, so I uh, want to see if he can build on that and do it over the course of the regular season because he was very up and down last year. I just want to go ahead and add to what you said as far as, you know, they show similar skill sets and then they get these crazy, you know, uh, you know, projection or like player outlooks. People forget that um, Deshaun Stevenson at one point, if, if, if you look this up, his pro player comparison, I can't make this up, was Michael Jordan. <laughs> Maybe in trash talking, he's yeah, similar well, to Michael Jordan. All I'm saying is that he was projected <coughs> to be Michael Jordan. So let's not get too crazy with some of these projections. Uh, but moving on, over under for this team, thirty one and a half wins. Um, I know last year they won twenty five, which um, I expect them to take a step forward. But I think thirty one and a half is just a little bit too high. So I'm gonna have to go under with this one as well. I'm gonna do the same thing. I think it's too much. <coughs> And um, still a lot of youth. I'm going to go under. Yeah, I mean, I looked at that win total, to be honest with you guys, and I thought that was way too high. Um, they do have a lot of talent on this team, but uh, I don't know if they're going to be that consistent yet still. I think there's going to be a lot of growing pains, so I'm definitely taking the under with this one. I'm going to add something, though. If they find a decent point guard, not even just a decent point guard. It could be like Shane Larkin, some, just any a decent point guard. I could see them going on the over, so but I'm not. I'm putting them unders because their point guard, um, their point guard depth is weak. All right, uh, now we're gonna head over to the Atlantic Division uh, and talk about the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, additions in the offseason uh, in the draft, they got Zanin Musa at 29, 
and Rodion's Kuritz at 40. Uh, also signed Ed Davis uh, and Shabazz Napier and uh, acquired Kenneth Fareed and Jared Dudley via trade. They lost Jeremy Lin, Timofey Mozgov, Isaiah Whitehead, and Jaleel Okafor. And then let's go ahead and take a look at their expiring contracts for this year. They got Dwight Howard, Damari Carroll, Kenneth Fareed, D'Angelo Russell, Ed <coughs> Davis, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, and Spencer Dinwiddie. All right, and we look at their projected starting five. I got Spencer Dinwiddie running point. Uh, obviously, D'Angelo Russell will be in contention there, but can't trust him to ever be healthy. Uh, shooting guard, we got Alan Crabb. Uh, at the three, we got Damari Carroll. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson at the four, and Jarrett Allen at center. And rounding out the rotation and bench, we got D'Angelo Russell, Tyler Zeller, Joe Harris, Karis LeVert, Shabazz Napier, Ed Davis, and Zanin Musa. Uh, what do you guys think about this team? Uh, I like it. Uh, and I know it may sound as a surprise. I don't think it's half bad. I think uh, for the Eastern Conference, um, I think they have what it takes to make the playoffs out in the East. All right. So, wow. If, if, if that don't say how I feel about it, and I know, now granted, a lot of it's going to depend on health with, with a lot of these guys. But, um, yeah, I definitely think that with LeBron out in the East, um, I think it's, it's, it's a lot more wide open, and I just think they have a shot right now. I think that they might have a shot. Um, I think I talked to um, both of these guys off the podcast, but I really like what, like George said, I really like what they did. And honestly, it's because they added just like that grit, kind of like that Brooklyn toughness. Mm-hmm. Like they added Spencer Dinwiddie. They added Jared Allen. Uh, not Jared Allen. Whoops. Um, gosh, what's his name? Uh, the big from Kenneth Reed. Oh yeah, that's what they they added Kenneth Reed. Ed Davis. They got Ed Davis. Just a lot of grit, and I really like that. Now I don't know if it's good for the franchise direction. We'll get into that in the next topic, but I want to get Q's perspective first. I just think honestly they're holding over for one more year, uh, just to see who they want to keep for next next season. Uh, they're gonna try to land one of those big name free agents. You know, Kyrie Irving is being rumored to have considered there. Jimmy Butler. Uh, there's rumors of those guys teaming up out there. So I think they're just kind of testing some of this young talent they have on this roster to see who they want to keep as part of uh, the team moving forward to pair with those guys. Wishful thinking, but I guess that's more optimistic for Nets fans and, and management than the last <laughs> four years have been. Uh-huh. Um, so honestly, I mean, they, and they do have guys on here that I think will be good pieces moving forward. It's just kind of making that decision the right decision on which guys to keep yeah can i just add real quick on what i said i know we talked a lot about you know adding that grit and they added a lot of uh key players but one player that we overlooked um shabazz napier man yeah i love that signing you know with d'angelo russell honestly being very injury prone spencer dinwiddie i don't think he's been injury prone but it's always a it's nice for him to have if d'lo's not there they can still have shabazz so there's definitely solid depth to get by at that point guard spot if D'Lo continues with his with his trends. Yeah, and I believe his contract the terms are undisclosed, so we don't know if it's a, a one year deal or long term. But uh, definitely gives him more options this season. Uh, what do you guys see as his team's biggest weakness? I'm gonna go real quick. Sorry, yeah, yeah, about you go, the franchise I direction. I think that's really, really, really important, especially on this. Um, I really like what they did, but. To me, I don't know why they did it because they could have just tanked for one more year because this is their first year they actually get their own first-round pick. Danny Ainge didn't get this one either? No. <laughs> so, if I, 
Right, Q? Yeah. I just want to make sure. So, I don't understand why. Maybe just to show, like, the Brooklyn fans, like, yo, like, we're getting better. We're improving. And they'll still get a lottery pick, probably, because I don't see them make the playoffs. But they definitely could have gone top five, I believe. What You mean, like, in their rebuilding last year? Like, no, our no, top, top five in this year's draft pick if they didn't get the guys they got. Uh, well, I think they mostly got them for... Are you referring to like Kenneth Freed and Dudley and those guys, or yeah, and I, honestly, uh, Shabazz. I think it's just part of and David. They're like preparing for next year's free agency. A lot of these guys are expiring deals, okay. so uh, they must. They're definitely banking on one of those big name guys to come over here. So they're just acquiring assets that are that will expire to free up cap room for right. next season. I think that's mostly what it is. It might backfire and cost them a top five pick like you said mm-hmm. so it'll be interesting to see how kenny atkinson manages the lineups uh each game yeah looking at that i'm gonna go ahead and add on to what daniel said as far as the weakness being the, fr- uh, the franchise direction i think that like he said they had a they had a legit shot at maybe a top five pick um i didn't think so i think that they're they're, they're flirting with the playoffs after some of the moves that they made um but i just think that, that is one of their weaknesses just the franchise direction because um Nowadays, with some of these franchise fan bases, getting to the playoffs ain't enough. You know, you, you got to win. So, it almost seems like some of the moves that they made was almost <clears throat> like a, here we go, we're doing something, but we're not going to give you the whole thing right now. And that can actually, you know, might spill over into the locker room where it's like, they got us pieces to get to the playoffs, but do they not think that we're a good enough team to win in the finals? So, I don't know how that's going to affect morale in the locker room if, if the franchise is giving off that message. All right, and for me, uh, I just think this team doesn't have a lot of depth at the four and five. Uh, Jared Allen's young. Uh, I feel like he's not done developing. And Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, I actually like his game a little bit, but uh, he's been hurt uh, quite a bit uh, during his career in the NBA. Uh, Ed Davis and Kenneth Fareed, I guess they're good as vets off the bench, but uh, like I said, both of them are expiring deals. So uh, once those guys leave, if they choose not to resign them, uh, there's not a lot of, of guys, you know, back there to help back them up. So uh, maybe next year when they're trying to land those big fish in the free agent market, they should look for, for a big that, that can play heavy minutes for them moving forward. Uh, what do you guys think about their, their strengths, though? What do, you, what do you think is the biggest strength they have? See, and that goes back to the biggest weakness. Their biggest strength is also, you know, they, they made some solid moves and, and some of the moves are, are going to maybe hopefully work out. But at the same time, it's it's there's nothing that stands out to me. So that's honestly, I don't I don't even know if that's a strength, but I can't see a clear definitive strength. But it just looks like a solid team on paper. That's why I project them to go to the playoffs. It's just a solid team on paper. But like, are they are they gonna like wow everyone? No. So I I honestly can't say what their biggest strength is either. Um, like George said, they do have a solid team on paper. But for me, I think their biggest strength is probably point guard. You know, they legit can have 48 minutes of good point guard um, play. So that's what I see. What about you? I agree. I'm with Daniel there. Uh, They got three options that I think can, or at least two that can start for an NBA team. And and then the backup, you know, had a really good year last year, backing up one of the best backcourts in the NBA. So um, in case of injury, they have options at that position. Um, I, I think they have a lot of assets that some teams will like, a lot of young talents yeah. that, that teams will maybe try to steal from them 
in trades um, that, that they can get more assets from if, if they're definitely looking to compete next year and think they're going to get one of those free agents. You know, maybe they'll give up one of those young guys uh, in return for for a pick or something like that. Um, player to watch for this team, who do you guys have? Oh, my, my player to watch here is uh, it's just D'Angelo Russell. You know, uh, there's potential there, but the injury history is the issue, and, and I feel like people are there's going to be a lot of eyes on him just to see if whether this guy's done. Just walk away from him and see what he can do next year or see if he really is going to be that guy. Yeah, for me, I'm going to go with Darren Williams. <laughs> totally kidding. I was like, um, wait a minute. I was like, no, where, was, where was he I just found out he... Yo, Brooklyn is still paying him five mil Jeez. for this year and next year. So shout out to Darren Williams for keep getting them checks. But um, for me, the person I'm going to look at is... Um, honestly, I want to see what Karis LeVert does this season. Um, he had a pretty decent year last year, and I just want to see if he can improve. Him and Dinwiddie. All right. Uh, I have two guys for this. So I'm going to hop on uh, with George and say uh, D'Lo. Uh, I think last year... After that trade, he was really motivated to kind of prove people wrong. You know, the Lakers made a mistake in giving up on him too early. Uh, didn't have a chance to because he had an injury-riddled season. But I think this is probably the most important season of his career right now. Uh, just because, you know, there were a lot of expectations for him in L.A. Didn't quite live up to it. Uh, now with Brooklyn. He's uh, on. Nick <laughs> Young throw that out there too. Yeah. So, uh, but I think with Brooklyn, he's going to have to establish his his you know, starting role there uh, to kind of keep his spot moving forward. And then another guy, I know I talked with Daniel about this uh, off the podcast, uh, but at the late first round, they got this guy, Zanin Musa. Mm-hmm. He was named uh, number one in the under-21 FIBA uh, player rankings. Uh, I know a lot of Americans weren't on that list because they haven't been playing games, but if you watch this guy's tape, he has range. He's a really good shooter. I think the biggest... Uh, weakness for him is uh it seems a uh, little uh, inconsistent in creating his shot so uh, against weaker defenders he's able to do it maybe against uh, better athletes uh in the nba it might be a struggle for him but i think if he's able to improve on that i think this guy will be a revelation if he's able to get consistent minutes on this roster i think they might have got a very productive player I'm going to just go on, to, um, go on with that but i actually really like musa um seeing his his draft video um you don't see this a lot but he looked like and this is no disrespect to any guys out of the country but he looked like he can play like he played ball in the united states he kind of had like that that swag especially when he had the ball and he was dribbling and like i saw a few hezzies and all that and i i think just like you said i think he's gonna be a good player if he gets an opportunity or if he develops this year and then comes out swinging next year but i like that one all right, and uh, over under for this team, thirty-two and a half wins. What do you guys think about that? I said this team. I have them as a dark horse in the playoffs. I think they're genuinely going to make it out east. So I'm going to go over thirty-two point five because they did have. You know, let me go ahead and check. I want to say they had twenty-eight wins yep. last year. That's yep. That's what they had. Yeah, and 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 they they made improvements to their roster. So yeah, I'm gonna go over. And I'm gonna go over and just like George said, um, improvements and also they have. A lot of guys playing for checks. Um, that can either be a good thing or a bad team, bad thing for a team. But I'm gonna go with the over. Just their talent wise, they got a lot better. You mean by checks they have like incentives layered into their contracts, or what do you mean? <laughs> no, just they're playing for a check. Oh, I feel you. I was yeah, like, they got incentives to get a paid. Next check. 
tough. I think it's gonna be really close. It is. I, I'm gonna go under only because I think they're gonna fall like a win or two short. I can see that. I don't know. I feel like I'm really low on these Eastern Conference teams, even though LeBron's out of the conference. I just feel like there's no clear direction with them, and Brooklyn's one of them to me, even though they do have a good amount of talent. So I, I'll, I'll go. I'll take the under on them. All right, going out back west, we're going to look at the Phoenix Suns. Uh, additions, obviously they had number one overall pick. They took DeAndre Ayton. Uh, at number 10, they swung a trade for Mikel Bridges out of Villanova. Uh, Elia Kobo, they took with the first pick of the second round. And George King was almost Mr. Irrelevant at number 59. Uh, also signed Trevor Ariza to a one-year deal and acquired Darrell Arthur via trade. And losses, they lost Alfred Payton, my boy. Alex, <laughs> Alex Len, sadly my boy Tyler Ulis, and uh, Jared Dudley. Uh, their expiring contracts are going to be Trevor Ariza, Tyson Chandler, Darrell Arthur, Troy Daniels, Isaiah Cannon, or Kanan, I don't know. Cannon. Cannon, Rishwan Holmes, and Alan Williams. All right, and looking at their projected starting five, Brandon Knight at the point. Who? That's tentative. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, Devin Booker at the two, Trevor Reza at the three, uh, but Josh Jackson and Mikel Bridges, I'm sure, will get plenty of playing time there. Uh, Marquise Chris at the four, same with that position, and DeAndre Ayton at the five, although they could play him at the four in certain lineups. But And then rounding out the rest of the rotation and bench, we got Josh Jackson, TJ Warren, Mikel Bridges, Elia Kobu, Tyson Chandler, Dragon Bender, and Rashawn Holmes. Uh, what do you guys think about what Phoenix did? Because I got really, you know, surprised that I saw Brandon Knight there. I just want to say, has his career like ever really recovered from that DeAndre dunk or getting crossed up on crossed up on national TV by Kyrie? I mean, this is a kid who had potential at Kentucky, and I didn't even know he was still in the league. If I could be honest. <laughs> Uh, I think no disrespect nah, to Brandon Knight. Seems but. like it now that you bring it up. I never really thought about it like that, but uh, yeah, that was, he was on Detroit when that happened, right? That it was, was like some that scary was... stuff to go through. He, <laughs> you I know, thought it he is. died. It is after the DJ. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, but what uh, oh, overall? Well, what do you guys think about this? Um, you know what? There is some semblance of a direction with this team. Um, they're 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 really putting quality talent across you know all the different positions. Um, but I just I, I just think it starts and ends with Devin Booker on this team, and uh, you, you gotta hope that DeAndre and you know obviously plays like the big that he's expected to be to be. Uh, Marquise Chris is another guy who had some who you know he has potential, but I don't know, man. I see him on the court. I'm not a huge fan of his attitude sometimes. I think it's detrimental to his play. So. I like the addition of Trevor Reza. So, you know, I, I like the team. I do. I do. For me, honestly, if they want to win, they want to do something, they're going to have to put Devin Booker at the point guard position and look for a shooting guard. Who knows? That shooting guard might be Mikel Bridges, and then they have T.J. Warren at the three or something. But I just think they need to put Devin Booker at the point guard position. Does he have that playmaking ability, you think? I think so. You think I so? Think he, I think so. Well, for me, I think this team... Uh, to 
has a lot of talent actually um it just depends on how soon these young guys can contribute uh if they play Devin Booker at the at the point uh I'm not sure I'm not 100% on his like playmaking ability but if he does have that I think that's a huge deal for the Suns team that can accelerate their development tenfold um if Aiton's a force right away you know I know they've people are putting it out there that this is the new Shaq and Kobe if that's anything close to true then Phoenix will vault in the western rankings you know almost immediately um but what I like about this team uh is the versatility I think they have uh Ariza was you know he's only there for a one-year deal but I think he can have a good influence on some of their young wings um but I but I like you know what they did during the the offseason what do you guys think is uh the biggest weakness with this team though uh, I just uh, the biggest weakness with the team is just youth. Uh, there's a lot of talent. I really love the talent that they're building here. I'm excited for their future and maybe you know two to three years. But I just think right now their youth is still going to be uh, an issue with some of their players clearly. And I just think another their biggest weakness is that they're in the West. You know they do have a lot of talent, but right now the Western Conference is just too stacked. I honestly think their biggest weakness is Marquise Chris. I think they need to That's get rid it. of him. I think. He's probably the worst big on this team because I'd rather have Josh Jackson over him, Dragon Bender over him, DeAndre Aiden over him, Tyson Chandler over him, and I'd rather have Rashawn Holmes out. I was going to say, him. I would rather have Rashawn Holmes probably starting at that spot. Not he's, over DeAndre. He's st- no, over Marquise Chris. Oh, I think he can play some power yeah. forward. I think he started like half the season, so that was part of the reason he's projected starting yeah. five. Okay. Uh, but I'm sure they'll give... Uh, I'm yeah. sure looking at this rotation and bench, they're going to go small yeah, often just because of the young talent they have there. And I feel like Marquise Chris is just honestly taking minutes away from either Trevor Reza or TJ Warren playing the four. Yep. I just think they just need to get rid of him, period, point blank. Mm-hmm. Is, is Elio Kobu that player from uh, overseas yep. Yep. who drew some Westbrook comparisons? Yeah, Correct. like a okay. poor man's Walmart. Mm-hmm. And for me, the, the weakness is... is uh, kind of what Daniel alluded to, but also uh, the point guard play. Uh, they don't really have a surefire starter at the one or power forward position. Um, I don't know if Brandon, Brandon Knight's not the answer moving forward. Uh, I think that's what they're hoping with Ellie Okobo, uh, that, you know, banking on his potential to kind of play that one. If Devin Booker can play that one uh, for extended you know, portions of games, that will kind of alleviate that problem as well. Um, and at the four, like I said, I think they can go with multiple lineups. You know, maybe Josh Jackson plays some four, uh, Trevor Reza. Uh, but it's nice to have uh, a true power forward, I guess, to fall back on. And I don't know if, if Marquise Chris is at or if anybody else on that bench, you know, can fill that void. Just to have fun with this, any, any, any power forward you can see maybe them trying to get in free agency or via trade either during the season or via free agency next offseason? I think... Anybody? I think they already have it, if I could be honest. But we'll I'll get into it once okay. we go into the biggest strength. All right, you got it. All right. And uh, what do you guys think is this team's biggest strength? Daniel? <laughs> uh, I'll go for it. But I think it's just um, the amount of wing depth they have. And a lot, a lot of these wings can play three and the four. Like you have wings like TJ Warren, Trevor Ariza, Mikhail Bridges, Josh Jackson, and Dragon Bender who can play the four and the five. That's five guys who can play three and Four guys that can play the three and the four. Talk about versatility. Yeah, and honestly, that's where the league is going right now. It's just a lot of versatility and um, just what positionless basketball, as someone once said. So I think, like George said, 
I don't think they're going to go for the four. I think they have their four. They just got to figure out if it's Ariza, TJ Warren, or Josh Jackson, well, or even Bender. The issue with Ariza, though, he's only there for one year, I believe. Mm-hmm. So No, that's true. Yeah. But, okay, so minus Ariza, or they can sign him for a long-term contract. Mm-hmm. That's another option. What about you guys? Um, I just think their biggest strength is uh, their talent, man. Uh, their blueprint, I like it. I like the fact that they're putting, you know, high ceiling cal- high ceiling talent at in every position. Um, you know, they, they they already got their their franchise guy in uh, Devin Booker. Like you said, they're trying to build a, a Shaq and Kobe, and there's solid talent around there. So I just their biggest strength is their talent. All right, for the me fact that they still sorry, and the fact that they still might get what could be a top five or top ten pick in this year's draft, so they could even add to that talent. All right, for me, it's a combination of like the wing depth, like Daniel said, uh, just guys that uh, they can play small ball with. A lot of guys, uh, Reese is only there for a year, but Mikel Bridges and Josh Jackson are there for the foreseeable future. Uh, I like that defensive length and versatility Mm -hmm. if they can develop, continue to develop that part of their game. Um, And then I think they're pretty flexible in terms of what they can do this offseason. They're losing. Uh, Tyson Chandler's contract that's about 14 million mm-hmm. if they choose to not you know keep Ariza you know they can have uh, up to almost 30 million dollars in cap space to maybe address that point guard and, and power forward positions um, who's a player to watch for you guys going uh, into the next season for me it's it's, it's Devin Booker he, he's the man on that team but I also feel that the player that a lot of people are going to be looking at or should be looking at is whoever is playing point guard for the team whether it's Devin Booker, whether it's Brandon Knight, whoever it is, that's I feel like there's going to be a lot of eyes on that simply because that's what is their one of their biggest weaknesses right now. Um, for me, it's Dragon Bender. Um, I didn't like him coming out the draft, but uh, I feel like if honestly, like I said, if they get rid of Marquise Chris, um, that'll free up some minutes for him, and let's see if he's a. Uh, the quote-unquote <clears throat> unicorn part two, which so, I don't think he is, but and, let's watch. And I want to add to that because I don't know if you remember when, when we were watching that draft where I said it, it's going to happen. Yeah. They brought in Dirk Nowitzki years ago, and they thought these European players are great. No disrespect, they're, they're phenomenal European players that have come out from Dirk Nowitzki to uh, Petrovic, Vladi Divac. But there's this, there's this uh, almost like a mystique around it where it's, one does really good, you automatically assume the next one's going to be great. So you had Dirk, and then you had Darko. Where in this case, you had, you know, Porzingis, where people said, you know, sometimes players from Europe don't come as prepared. And Porzingis took off. You know, he became yep. the unicorn. And a year immediately after that, it's Dragon Bender is the next Porzingis, mm-hmm. which it hasn't exactly looked that way. Uh, I think there's a lot of players to watch on this team, uh, just by looking at the roster. Um I want to see if Okobu can become the starting point by the end of the season. Oh. Uh, I want to see if, if he doesn't, if Booker fills that void as, as a playmaker. But uh, I think I'm going to be looking at Josh Jackson the most. I want to. He had an okay rookie season last year, but percentage-wise, shooting from the field and from three, not great. I want to see if he can build on that. I want to see if he can become, um, you know, their top wing defender. I want to see if he can add some playmaking to this team. Uh, I think he's a critical piece for them moving forward. Uh, I'm not going to compare him to this guy, but, uh, you know, looking at, like, the Thunder a few years back, you know, Jeff Green was a top-five pick for that team, and he ended up being, you know, the first one traded and and the least important out of, you know, 
their their young guys with with Durant, Westbrook, Harden, and Ibaka. So I don't want that. Yep, I don't want that for Josh Jackson. I think he has talent, uh, but I think he needs to to make a big stride this year. Uh, Over under twenty three and a half wins. Thought Uh, it was a little low, but what do you guys think? Just because of how strong the West is, and there there's uh, there's still more. I want to say that there's a little bit more youth and experience on this team still. So I have to go under on that one. Alright. I think it's a little I'm gonna go over. Just period point blank. Yeah. You're I'm gonna, gonna over. It's tough just because like what George said, the West is is uh, really loaded. Uh, I'm gonna go over. I think they're gonna sneak out twenty four. I think they're gonna lose a lot of close games just because they're young and ex- inexperienced, but I think they're gonna give teams fits at times with that small ball lineup. Uh, so I think they're gonna barely make it over. Yeah, and last year they won twenty one games, so I can see them easily winning Three more games. Yep. Me, me, it's just, you know, the West got better, so their strength of schedule obviously is going to get a bit harder. All right. Well, with that, uh, we've rounded out teams 30 to 26. Uh, next time we see you guys, we'll be going through uh, 25 through 21. All right, y'all. Um, like you said, this is it. Please bring over 25 to 20. 21. I don't know if I said 21 or 31, but the next five teams, basically, up until we get to number one. But uh, please follow us on Instagram. Um, Listen to us on either uh, Anchor or Spotify, Spotify, Apple Music. Give us a listen there and um, run it back with you guys next time. We'll run it back with you guys next time. You guys take care and have a great week. Blessings and love, y'all. Blessings and love.